Hey guys, it's Andy. I just wanted to jump in here and do a few quick housekeepings before this episode gets started. So when Natalie and I recorded this episode about veganism, we really wanted to give you not only um, the view of somebody who is a vegan, Natalie, and somebody who isn't, me, uh, but also give you like a really fair view of what veganism is. And I think we both were worried after we were done recording that we didn't do enough on our parts. So Natalie was really concerned that she didn't talk enough about like the impact that dairy has on animals and on the environment in general, which is like really, there's a lot of impact and a lot of things to unpack about that. Um, and you know, for me, I really was worried that I too readily was like, yeah, 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 veganism, great, like whatever, when it really is not necessarily something that is for everybody for a whole range of reasons. So what we really wanted to let you know is that this episode is not perfect. Uh, we are not any kind of experts. And that more than anything, this was just to give you kind of a little bit of an idea of what veganism can be, why people choose to be vegan, but also why people choose not to be vegan. Uh, because we don't make choices for anybody and you make choices in your own life. So we hope you'll find it informative but more than anything, entertaining, which is really the reason that we do this. And we'd love to hear your feedback, you know, either in, in the comments on our Instagram or, you know, if you want to leave us a review and say what you thought, that'd be great too. So this is going to be part one. So it's one long conversation that we split into two. So you're going to hear an intro here. We're going to talk and then it's just kind of like the conversation's going to die and we're not going to say that we're running out of time. Uh, and then it'll pick up again in part two right where we left off. So we hope you enjoy. We'd love to hear back from you. Um, and, you know, uh, thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to the Running Out of Time podcast. My name is Andy. And I'm Natalie. And today we're going to talk to you about veganism. Ooh. Yeah, so exciting. So um, <laughs> Natalie is a vegan. I am not a vegan, um, but I do appreciate and consume a lot of vegan foods. So yeah, um, uh, I think today's going to be kind of a, he I feel like it might be a little heavier. Yeah, maybe. It it's less just like we really enjoy French fries and more about discussing this as a lifestyle and the implications that it has on our larger food system and blah, 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 blah. Ethics and all that. The one thing I do want to say before we get started is that I don't want this to be a persuasive podcast. Agreed. I don't want you to leave thinking that we're like trying to press one lifestyle or another on anyone because that's totally not our goal. I think that like in sharing about our lived experiences with vegan food, vegan people. Um, yeah. I just want to, I think we should just share that. And I hope to share both perspectives as often as possible. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Leave us a comment if you disagree or if we don't, because yeah. um, we're always up for learning more. So, And I just, I think too that we should say like um, one of my best friends, Casey, she is um, a farmer. Mm. They they produce beef, pork, chicken. Like I'm friends with other farmers all over the country yep. Yep. who produce um those kinds of things. And so like, I a hundred percent see all the sides of it. Yep. And I think that everybody needs to make those choices for themselves. And we'll just talk today about why people make some of those choices and just like try to give you some good information Hopefully. about veganism, yeah. especially if you've never really, if you don't know anything about it, all you know is that how do you know when someone's vegan? Don't worry. They'll tell you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all you know. There is more to veganism than that. <laughs> 
I promise. Yeah, there are people who are not obnoxiously <laughs> vegan. So, um, anyways, do you want to talk about what veganism is? Yeah. So I thought the first <clears throat> thing that we should do is define veganism. Um, so there is sort of like one standard definition of veganism that a lot of people work off of. Um, and I'll read it word for word here. And it says, veganism is a way of living which seeks to exclude as far as is possible and practical all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to animals for food, clothing, or any other purpose. So basically, what a vegan does is try to avoid um, harm, the killing, and discomfort of animals um, as far as is um, possible and practical, which is my favorite clause yeah, in that. Because it says um, to me, just do your best. Yep. And I think that's what most vegans want, is to cause as little harm um, to animals as possible. So, I think that that's, like, a great thing to mention because, like, I think that so many people get really um, caught up in the minutia of the situation. Yep. Yep. So, like, we've talked before about honey. Like, mm-hmm. I know there are a lot of vegans who don't support honey just purely because it is, like, it is a product we get from animal labor, essentially. Right. Right. Um, but I don't see it that way. I've known mm-hmm. people who've kept bees forever and, like, I think honey is great for our bodies and, honestly, and our current climate with what's going on with bees, I think it's great that there are beekeepers. Supporting yes, bee supporting populations bees. and colonies. Yeah. yeah. They need to be grown and supported. Yeah. And, yep, we need on. those guys a lot. So. so I think that plays into like, um, there's a lot of variations on yep. veganism and vegetarianism. So I thought we could kind of break 100%. those down a little bit because, um, so just to give you guys some personal history, I went vegetarian when I mm-hmm. was 12. Um, I never really liked meat. I've only had one steak ever in my life. Um, I think it's so funny because my friend Mary, <laughs> that's also her. Yeah. She, she's like, I just never liked meat. Yeah. She's like, I, I love animals, but yeah, I just don't like meat. And right. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Like. Totally. Um, but so I went like classic vegetarian, which is a lot of times called ovo lacto vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So I was a vegetarian that ate milk products. So milk, cheese, butter yeah. and eggs. Um, yeah. a lot of eggs. <laughs> Were you, did you ever eat seafood? No. Okay. So I, my parents really wanted me to because they were really worried about nutrition, which we'll get into. Um, so a couple times, like we would go on vacation and my brother and dad would do like a deep sea fishing and bring back fish and they would have a fish fry in our Florida condo. Oh, that's not great. It was awful. (laughs) Um, but they would have that. And then I'll never forget like them putting, um, my dad putting a piece of this, delicious looking fried fish on my plate and I was like yeah like I'm gonna eat this I was like really determined that like my parents had convinced me it was the right thing for me and so I was gonna do it and I was just like I cannot do this like I I can't I couldn't bring myself to do it and so I just always kind of had that block against it um but to to put a definition to that there are vegetarians who who eat um seafood pescatarians Pescatarians, I don't know that I would call that vegetarian but it's a pescatarian (laughs) it's another I just wondered yeah, no, I, I never did. Actually, the last meat that I had was three years after I went vegetarian, and it was our neighbor made really, really good lobster bisque. Yeah. And it was New Year's, and he always made it on New Year's, and so I had, like, a couple bites of the lobster bisque, but then I got some, like, big pieces of lobster, yeah. and I was like, mm, not for yeah. me anymore. Like, Yeah, I go back and forth with that, because, like, I love, like, crab and scrimps and mm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, crab doesn't gross me out. Like, it grosses me out the same amount that, like, eating meat grosses me out. Like, Mm -hmm. if I really think about it, no thank you. But shrimps are disgusting. They're disgusting looking. They are sea bugs. But goddamn, those little guys taste delightful. I'll give you that. I used to love shrimp, like fried shrimp, popcorn oh, yeah, shrimp, shrimp, coconut shrimp. Cocktail and shit. Like, but what really grosses me out now, now that I'm like more into like 
culinary stuff and into sure, cooking yeah. and all of that is like I watch all these sh- shows and they have to remove that poop vein oh, yeah. from their shrimp. And I'm like, if you don't remove that, you're literally eating shrimp shit. Okay, so I've I've gone back and forth with my friend Miriam about this. <laughs> she always cooks everything in the shell. And so if you cook it in the shell, you have to leave that like vein and you yep. can't, it's really hard to remove without, right. and you know, the shell's flavor, flavor ugh, yeah. whatever. Um, no fucking way. I've sent food back at restaurants before and been like, I can see a little bit of the poop vein. And mm-hmm. so this has, I can't, I get it's it so that gross. we eat gross stuff all the time and totally. have no idea, but I have no idea. And that is the barrier. Mm-hmm. If I know, then I can't. <laughs> and I think that's a really common experience. So, you know, um, a lot of vegan activists and people who want to promote veganism will talk about like all the gross things that are in like yeah. meat. Like when you talk about a hamburger, the number of like, like pus and poop yeah. and hairs yeah, and, milk. and yeah and dirty disgusting things that sure. are in that like but for a lot of people it's like well I can't see that yeah also you're allowed to have a certain amount of rat feces and like cereal so sure. it's, it's one of those things where it's like I totally get what they're coming from but if you really get down to the nitty-gritty on pretty much any food exactly no thank you well, also like I don't always like wash my cauliflower oh, and so God, like yeah. I'm sure there's like little for a Mice long time, poo, I never, whatever, like, whatever Rachel Ray convinced me you don't have to wash your mushrooms, that you just, like, wipe them off the cloth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But then Alton Brown was like, some of that brown stuff on those mushrooms, that's fertilizer. That's do That's poops. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we went off on a little poop tangent yeah. there. but <laughs> People love it. People love poop. It's fine. Um, so I think one of the other things we wanted to talk about was reasons that people go vegan. Sure. So there's kind of like the, a few big obvious ones that we'll talk about. Um, the first one is ethical. For ethical those vegan. animals. Yep. So I want to talk and dive deeper into what ethical veganism is, but let's cover like the other, other reasons. reasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, environmental. Absolutely. So for me, that's like the biggest reason that I choose to not consume as much meat. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really, it can be very hard on the environment. Yeah. I don't want to generalize and say it always is, but it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people go vegan for health reasons. Absolutely. Um, which I think kind of is maybe where we need to talk very quickly about the difference between being vegan and being plant-based. Yeah. So we really appreciate everyone sending in questions and topics from Instagram. Yeah. One of the ones that someone sent in was, um, can you talk about the difference between veganism and plant-based? Yep. Um, so plant-based is short for whole foods, plant-based, yep. which is, I would say a more extreme veganism where it's Absolutely. no oil, no refined foods. Oh, guys, missing out. <laughs> oil tastes great. It's so <laughs> but it's really like no, like, you know, the, like the fake sausages yes. and all of that. It's a lot more, um, just whole foods. So like beans and rice and yes. vegetables. And yeah. I kind of think of it as like the paleo version of veganism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's important to, to like make that distinction because there are a lot of people who will say they are vegan, but then when they are cheating because they see veganism as a diet, mm-hmm. um, they'll cheat by having a steak and a mm-hmm. vegan would not knowingly do that. Yep. And so like, I think it's really important to point out that like True veganism comes from a want to do something that is, like, ethically good for animals or the environment or whatever versus plant-based is a diet. Yep. And the difference between those things is that when you have an ethical way of eating, it is for that specific reason. Diets are for weight loss Mm -hmm. and for control of your body or whatever, and those are two very different things. Absolutely. One is something for you, and one is something for somebody or something else. Yep. 100%. I think what's interesting about Whole Foods plant-based is that I find a lot of – I follow a couple blogs and recipe makers that are Whole Foods plant-based. I actually follow one that's gotten 
really extreme. Mm. Um, and it's so funny because I'm still in the Facebook group because I, I haven't left it. It's no longer like triggering to me. Um, yes. Yeah. From a disordered eating perspective, but I, I'm still in the group just honestly as kind of like a body positive troll. Yeah. Because um, I comment on stuff all the time like, um, I'm hearing a lot of weight bias in this. I do the same thing. I'm, um, I'm so obnoxious. But like, <laughs> you know, people will post in this Whole Foods plant based group all the time like, like, I need to lose, I saw one, and this is the one I commented on, that was like, I need to lose 100 pounds in 2019, like, what, and I've been vegan for, you know, five years, what do I, what do I need to do? And all these people were commenting, like, oh, yeah, that's, like, veganism is not the same as whole food plant-based, and you need to cut out all oils, and you need to cut out all soy, and you need to cut out all of this, and it's, like, super frustrating. Yeah. So, so, first of all, I commented, like, shame on all of you for not once telling this woman who came here yeah. needing help that she was fine the way she is. Yeah. <laughs> that's a rant but it just really spoke to me how different like whole foods plant-based can be from veganism because you even get people who classify themselves as like junk food veganism yeah junk food vegans I follow a couple accounts um and people leave nasty comments like oh my god you're promoting an unhealthy way of living this is not real veganism it's like no this is veganism it is like she eats in a way that doesn't cause harm and animals don't die and she feels ethically good about it and it's like I follow a lot of like fat vegans Mm -hmm. on Instagram and uh, a couple on YouTube and I love she can I don't love everything that she does this her name's Eden Jacks but because she's like still has some weight loss things that Mm -hmm. she talks about Mm -hmm. you know I just like I'm not into that but she always posts what a fat vegan eats in a day I love it and like I love it because it's like yeah, everything – YouTube and Instagram would lead you to believe that the only vegans that are out there are, like, Gwyneth Paltrow oh, and, like – You know, like, it, it, you have to be this, like, really intense person and, goopies. like – Yeah, and mm-hmm. just, like, that's not – there are plenty of just totally normal vegan yep. people who put creamer in their coffee and eat cupcakes on their birthday and, like yep. – Or it, eat cupcakes on a Wednesday. Yeah, vegan absolutely. Cupcakes. Yeah, but, like – you don't have to, like, just eat a mm-hmm. slice of watermelon mm-hmm. to celebrate things. Like. Yeah, and I, I think that's interesting because, you know, there are sort of these different categories of veganism, yeah. like whether it's diet or um, ethical and all of that. But I think there's so much more room for gray area. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, it's really – this is something I wanted to, to talk about a little bit is there's so much, like, shame, shaming of each yes. other that goes on. You know, vegans get a lot of get a lot of heat from non-vegans. Yeah. But the amount of shame that like goes on vegan to vegan is such a shame. It yeah. really is. Um, because like I feel like we should all have somewhat of a common goal. And if yeah. that's like to reduce harm to animals, yeah. then why are we like shitting on each other yeah. in the comments? Like, come on. I totally agree with that. I mean, that was part of for me, that was like the hardest thing when I stopped being vegan. Mm-hmm. Um and I really Honestly, in my head, think of, like, when I stopped being vegan as, like, one of the first steps towards me having, like, healthier thoughts about food. Yeah, tell me, like, I want to know what that was like, to, to so, like, why you made the decision and what went into it. I was vegan for five or six years. Mm-hmm. So, from the time I was 19 till I was 25-ish. Um, it just, food has meant so much to me my entire life. Mm-hmm. And... Everyone, like, people were really supportive. Like, I don't want to be like, people weren't supportive or mm-hmm. whatever. People were supportive. But it became this thing that, like, kept me from doing things. Yep. Just because even at the time, like, I'm 30, I'll be 35 next month. That's 10 years ago. Right. Veganism is way different now than it oh, was. Oh, like, I talk about that a lot. Yeah, food everywhere is different. Like, and just the fact that you can go to, like, a normal mainstream restaurant and get something that's vegan. Yep. 
and not have to be like, I'll take the salad with with no meat and with no cheese and like, right, and so and order a French fries. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you know, it, it's more mainstream. But also, I just went through this time period. I went through a really bad breakup, and I just pretty much stopped eating. And so I would eat like a cup of soup and like two cups of coffee every day and a banana. Oh jeez. And when I kind of came off of that, I feel like my eating took a totally different like turn. Like. I was really restrictive for a while, and then after that, it was like, I just realized that, kind of the same way I feel about cardio at the gym. I don't do cardio at the gym because it keeps me from going to the gym. Yep. If it'll keep me from doing something I want to do, then, like, I need to stop. And that was how I felt about food, where it was like, this comes from such a good place, Mm -hmm. but if putting these parameters on the way I eat is going to make me be crazy, and also just feel like such, I would feel so much guilt if I would go to my parents' house and want to just have some of my mom's mashed potatoes because they have cream cheese in them. Right. And it was just like, I just like can't, Mm -hmm. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, and man, some of the comments I got from people, like you would have thought that I was like, so actually the only thing I'm going to eat now is like fetuses. Right. You would have thought that like you were going out and killing the animals and eating them raw in the woods. People acted like I was, (laughs) I was pulling babies from their mother's arms and just like eating their heads off or something. And it was just like, Whoa, guys, I just, like, want to eat cheese sometimes. Right. And just to be clear, like, I feel like I made really ethical choices about those things. Oh, yeah. Like, I... That's totally possible. Yeah, I would eat, you know, organic and local and, like, all that stuff, like, from Mm -hmm. places where I... You know what I mean? Like... Mm -hmm. Totally. um, So, it was just really harsh because still even now I think that I... I feel like I try to make really ethical choices about what I do. Mm -hmm. But, like, you cannot do everything. Oh, yeah, we were just talking about that before this, about, yeah. like, other things, but it's it's yes. impossible to do everything, and I really think we have so much room to have, to show a lot more grace mm-hmm. towards non-vegans who make a lot of yes. plant-based choices. Well, and that's what keeps me from, like, it, I feel like it's so awkward for me now, because I'll go somewhere and I'll, I'll, like, want a vegetarian something, and people will be like, oh, you're a vegetarian, and I'll be like, well, I just don't eat meat that much, mm-hmm. because, like... Everyone expects a label. Absolutely, because 95% of the time I don't eat meat mm-hmm. and probably 70% of the time I don't eat dairy. Like, mm-hmm. But if I place that label on myself and then I'm somewhere and decide that I'm going to have a grilled cheese, suddenly it's like, oh, I thought you were a vegan. Yep. And it's just like, oh, Christ, like I just don't need that yep. You know, for myself. Um, and no, I don't I find totally it to be healthy. understand that. And I think, you know, we, we have some friends, um, who have, you know, struggled. She, you know, I had a, I had a friend who would talk to me and say like, Oh, I'm so bad. Like I'm trying to be vegan, yes. but, but I ate this cookie or like, you know, there was bagels and I didn't want to have a bagel without cream cheese. Yeah. And like, they're like, Oh, I feel so bad. And I was like, you know what? Like you are on a majority of days doing the best you can and you are making what I feel and what you feel. Yes. Which is the most important thing. I think that's the big thing. Are good choices that make you feel good. You know, yeah. if, if you most of the time make choices that make you feel like you're doing good for animals and good for the environment, like sometimes that's the best you can yeah. do and that's fine. Not everyone is in a space where they can commit to that 100%. And yeah. I think that we have a long way to go in accepting that. Yes. I will say, I do think um, with veganism going more mainstream and, you know, like you said, you didn't used to always be able to go to a restaurant and order yeah. things. I feel like you can now. Yes. And so I feel like it's becoming a lot more common for people to order yeah. um, a non-meat-based or, or a vegan entree or meal and not think twice about it. And so yeah. I'm hoping that, like, it, we can kind of fill in that gray yes. area a lot more. And I wish, I wish um, vegans would embrace more people who 
want to eat less meat mm-hmm. but aren't mm-hmm. ever going to like there are a lot of people who like would say sure I'll eat half as much meat mm-hmm. but they're never ever going to cut out all of meat right they don't feel ethically about it the way yep. that you do yep there are a lot of people who still just think animals are animals mm-hmm. and you're never going to convince them that eating a cow is the same as if they ate their cat right and so like which, you have to meet them halfway right which for me like in my mind like it's it's unfathomable for me to eat a cow because to me in my mind it's the same yeah. thing as like a dog or a cat sure but I I have to understand that not everyone is in that same headspace oh yeah everybody has different life experiences yep. too you know like yep. my dad grew up in a farming community and he I mean he is the kind of person who will like cry seeing like a kitten you know what I mean mm-hmm. like he so identifies with that but the way he was raised is that, like, you know, you you raise animals and you eat them. And, like, mm-hmm. that is just how it is. And you're never you're never going to convince him otherwise. Even right. though he'll talk to you for days and days about how pigs are smarter than most of the people he knows. Do you know what I mean? But he's yeah. never going to stop eating bacon. Well, and I think that speaks a lot to, um, you know, a, a lot of vegan activists. What they try to do is break down that cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. So it's the cognitive dissonance is when you can hold two opposing beliefs at yep. once. And a lot of times the mind will, like kind of yeah. muddy that and there'll be a, a source of frustration or confusion and you can't yeah. always work it out but sometimes you can just live with cognitive dissonance and not yeah. even know it where like when well, we all do it oh 100 percent, 100 percent. but I, I think what a lot of activists try to do is say hey like I know that like you love to go to a petting zoo and like see a pig and they're always the most popular because they're so cute and they're so fun right and they make funny noises but then like you go home after that and eat a bacon cheeseburger and so what a lot of vegans try to do is say like hey that's I just want to make you aware that, like, the bacon on there, like, I know you know that, but, like, they try to draw that connection. And I love that. I think that's a really um, compassionate way of talking about veganism is just saying, like, hey, I just want you to, like, connect, just helping people connect the dots. Yeah. Um, But it's funny, you know, so I live with a um, non-vegan, and that's actually a question that we got from Instagram. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, So my boyfriend is not vegan by any stretch of the imagination, but we don't have um, animal products in our house, usually. Yeah. Occasionally, he'll, like, beg me for um, chicken salad or something, but he actually prefers the Whole Foods vegan chicken salad. Oh, I believe that. Because it's insane. Yeah. But, um... Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know... I I would obviously like love if he was fully vegan all the time like that that's my my goal I don't want to say I'm like trying to persuade him but like that's what I want sure but I also know that like him and I were raised in two very different households and he did not eat a lot of vegetables and he just didn't grow up that way and he has a real attachment he also like worked in fast food yeah through high school and college and so it's like he just has this background of like the standard American diet that I don't necessarily have and so, like, he, he needs that to, like, stay sane and to, like, connect with friends. Like, he loves his, like, whole thing with his friends. Like, they go to a couple different hot dog places around town. Yeah. And that's, like, they just, he, just, he gets so much joy from it. Yeah. And I, I try to gently talk to him. You know, I, we were on a long walk and we were talking and I said, you know, I know that you still eat meat. I know you don't hardly eat. You know, he doesn't yeah. eat any at home. Yeah. Um, and I pack his lunch most days. So, or he packs his lunch. And Which it's... really means that like 80% of the time exactly. he's not eating any meat. Exactly. <laughs> so when we talk about it, I try to be, you know, I, I'm understanding of his background, of course. But then I also try to just help him connect the dots. And he yeah. he said to me, he said, you know, I really just, I, I don't associate a burger with a cow. And I said, okay. I said, you know, how can I like help you make that connection in a way that doesn't feel like pressuring. And he's like, no, he's like, I know. And he's like, I get it. And so I try to like, 
I, I try to think about it, but I also, he said, I also try not to think about it. Well, and I think, I will say, I think it is really hard for a lot of people, and veganism is not the only thing. It's with zero waste. It's with when you realize how ingrained racism is in our society. It's all these things. I think for a lot of people, it is really hard because once you open that Pandora's box, it feels like everything is painful. Mm, like, mm-hmm. I know that that, and that, that sounds so selfish. Like, when you say those words, you're like, well, it's hard for me. But, like, I think for a lot of people, it is a lot easier to just be, like, meat's meat and it's no yep. big deal. Yeah. And, um, like, that's not racist. That's just how things are. Or, like, nothing will ever be perfect. Right. Or, you know, like. It's easy to think that way. It's really, yeah. I think it is really, really hard. And, like, to this, to what we said earlier, you also just can't. Like, you can't do it all. And for some right. people, that is where the line is. Yeah, so I think what I would say to anyone who struggles, like, you know, I only, like, I can't find a vegan boyfriend. Sure. Or I, like. I'm so frustrated by my partner eating meat. It's just like having that um, compassion and yeah. just like allowing room for gray area because not everything and everyone is black and white all yeah. the time. And I think that, you know, it's been so encouraging for me. I, you know, I, I write a vegan food blog. And so yeah. he like loves to like, we experiment with new ingredients mm-hmm. and he had like never had Brussels sprouts before we dated. And like, yeah, I don't think he'd ever had asparagus either. And so he was like, so excited about these things. And so to see him like get excited about plant-based foods was really fun. And I took a lot of joy out of that. So I would just like encourage you to find joy in the things that you can come together on that are plant-based and that you do agree on and like allow them to live their life. Cause at the end of the day, you're not going to, you're not going to ever change anyone. Like they are who they are. And if you can't, if you can't see past that, I think it's okay. Yeah. And I would hope too that like, so for me, part of the reason that like, cause people ask me sometimes, so like if you're not a vegetarian or if you're, you know, what, like if you eat steak sometimes and you must not care about animals, which like, I guess maybe that's true. But like, I try to think of it this way is that like, I don't eat vegan foods or I don't eat anything to be restrictive. Mm-hmm. I like it because I want to try what other things are out there. Right. And to that same end, like when lab meat finally hits the shelves, I'm probably going to try that. Right, right. I'm going to see what a lab steak tastes like, my right. dudes. For, for anyone wondering, lab meat is meat grown in a lab as opposed to on an animal. And yeah. there have been some scientific breakthroughs recently yeah. that are how bringing that closer. How do you feel about closer. it? Well, let me that's, ask you. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's a weird veganism question. So how do you feel about lab meat? I know. It is interesting. And people, I, you know, I'm in a couple vegan, like, Facebook groups and forums mm-hmm. and stuff where people discuss that. Um, I think, personally, I would not eat it. Yeah. But that's because I don't like meat. Yeah. And I never did. Right. But if we can find a way – so there's, there's an interesting um, similar – controversy around the impossible burgers oh okay so impossible burgers are a plant-based burger that's on the market it's one of the closest um looking and smelling and feeling i love them i think it's pretty good i prefer the beyond burger personally okay i like those ones too Um, i'm not choosy (laughs) right but the so the um impossible burger has a compound in it that's heme it's plant-based heme heme iron is the same um I don't, I don't know all the scientific details, but it's basically the You're same like, thing that's blah, in blah, blood. blah, science stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Insert science. Um, but it's the same thing that makes blood taste like blood. Yeah. Um, and so they had to do some testing on that particular ingredient, and mm-hmm. they did some animal testing. So a lot of vegans won't oh. eat the Impossible Burger because vegans try to prevent cruelty of all sure. kinds, including um, animal lab testing. So... Oh, that is tricky. It's really tricky because, you know, for, for a lot of people, myself included, the thinking is, like, it's like a greater good kind of thinking. It's yeah. like, yes, I, I I don't love that animals had to go through testing for that because yeah. the testing can be incredibly cruel. But now, 
think about how many cows don't have to die. Yeah. Think about the like huge amounts less of methane that are being yeah. pumped into our environment, which is thus saving humans and other animals. Yeah. And so to me, it's like, yes, it's, it's a shame and it's unfortunate, but also like they had to make sure it was safe for human consumption. Like, would we have rather them not tested it and it killed I humans? I don't know. It's like, where, where's the, the line there? A lot of that's hard too. Cause like, you know, for instance, they have to try medications yep. on animals before yep. they can try them on people, which makes sense. Yes. Please, um, like, please test. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, on the oh, other yeah. hand, it's like, yeah, they do animal test. Like, mm-hmm. you, if you are taking any medication that's on the market, yep. it has been tested on animals. And I, remember, like, I remember being really distraught when I found out that prescription medicines weren't considered vegan. Yeah. This was, like, not long after I'd gone vegan. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I take prescription yeah. medicines and some, you know, over-the-counter medicines have yeah. to be tested as well. You know, ibuprofen and all of yep. that. But, like, I found out that, you know, but I but I rely on a daily mm-hmm. prescription yep. that without it, I would not be well. Yep. And so it's like, how do you... Where you draw that line. Right. It's super... It's. I mean, you could go really extreme about everything. Oh, about I mean, in life everything. in general, but... About literally everything. Yeah, my... Um, so my friend Casey, who, you know, um, produces beef and, and all that stuff, she's in, a like, an agriculture group. And mm. one of the things she talks about, um, and I think this is maybe, like, a good segue to some of the other things sure. we want to talk about, going vegan does not mean that you are, like, not, that you are eating ethically. Yes. Like, there is... Um, yes, let's talk about this. Um, and so, like, I think it is really important. Like, she'll say that to me. She's like, you know, people think, like, well, I'm vegan. And she's like, well, you know, who do you think is picking your oranges? Mm-hmm. Migrant farmers that yep. are making pennies a day. Yep. You know, how do you think... What do you think they put on your organic vegetables? It's fertilizer that comes from mm-hmm. animals. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are so many facets of it that we don't think about, and I think that we should. 100%. So I want to read a quote. So to to be clear and to sort of put my position out there, like, yep. I do think that veganism is more ethic than the standard American diet. Sure. Insofar as it's treatment of animals. However, I will never go so far as to say that a person who is vegan or a person who eats plant-based is morally superior in any yeah. way or is more pure, which is something that, like, we get a lot into is, like, this purity and thing. And I was going to say, I think it's really hard to, like, place – for me, what is really hard is that, like, I really do think that it's, like, good for the environment and mm-hmm. all those things. But also, like, I just don't like placing morality on food yep. in general. Yep. And I certainly don't think that, uh, you know, like – Casey, who produces meat, mm-hmm. I don't look at her and think, like, you're, you're like, a bad mm-hmm. person. Like, mm-hmm. she's done farming her entire life. Mm-hmm. And I think that they raise their animals very ethically and, like, they care for them in the way that, like, mm-hmm. I would want animals to be cared for. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it's hard. I, I think everyone needs to make that decision for themselves. Yeah. But I also think that, yeah, it's, like really hard to place morality on food. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, we could, we could, I feel like we could run around this point forever where it's like, yeah. you know, yes, they're raised right. And I do appreciate that. And I would obviously rather support small farmers than large factory sure. farming. But at the same day for me, it's like, I struggle with the fact that like, yes, you treated them well, but like they still, they still had to die sure. and that's not okay in my mind. So I just, there's so much nuance that we could yeah. go around and around on. But one thing I want to circle back to is what we talked about um, with a vegan diet not being cruelty-free. Yeah. And so there's this, there's all this rhetoric, rhetoric about like, go cruelty-free, go cruelty-free. But yeah. let's talk about <laughs> what let's you mentioned about, about um, vegetables and all that farming. So there's a really interesting quote um, from an article on plant-based news. And it says, when we call something cruelty-free while overlooking the fact that it is the product of exploit 
exploitive industries in developing nations, we leave ourselves open as advocates to detracting from our own message. So basically what they're saying is that there's a lot of human exploitation that goes on in the farming industry. And I'm not talking about meat farming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Meat and dairy industry aside, there is so much exploitation that goes on. And as advocates of ethics, um, as you know, vegan advocates, we totally detract from our message by using the phrase cruelty free. Yeah. Because it's not cruelty free. Um, voice for, so this is from another article. It says forced labor, exploitation of workers, hazardous and extreme working conditions, lack of labor rights, protecting agricultural workers and extremely low wage are still very common problems in the food supply chains. Um, agriculture is even responsible for 70% of child labor. Oh my God. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Since 2012, the amount of kids working in the industry has increased by 10 million, reaching 108 million in total. So it's just interesting to me, you know, to, to think about doing, you know, being an ethical vegan. And that's, you know, that's the reason I do it personally, is that like I want to, and environmental and other things, but I'll never anymore, especially after doing research for this particular podcast, consider my diet cruelty free. Yeah. I, uh, so when they were talking about, you were saying child labor, Mm -hmm. I stumbled across, like it came up in my like recommended for me or whatever Mm -hmm. on Instagram. And it was the food empowerment project. Yes. So love them shout out food empowerment project. Look them up on Instagram. Yeah. It's amazing. They're great. So they're, um, a, a woman of color, uh, founded their organization and it takes the idea that like baseline, if you're a vegan, great. Like they're a vegan organization. <laughs> like that's that, that do be the beginning y'all it's because not enough. There's a whole lot. Yeah. And the way I had come across it was they were talking about production of chocolate. Mm. So, um, I think the statistic is that like 70% of the world's chocolate is produced using forced labor specifically of children. Uh, I know. And it's, it's hard. It's so hard to think about Mm -hmm. chocolate, something we, I, I presume everyone loves because it's literally my favorite food. If you don't, you should probably stop listening now. Yeah. See you (laughs) never. Bye. Um, (laughs) kidding. But just like. And, and it makes sense. Chocolate's incredibly hard to produce. It's, it's so hard very to very labor intensive. Same thing with coffee. Yeah. And yet you can pop on into any K Rogers and grab up three Hershey bars for a dollar. Yep. Like, it, yep. I'm not surprised. I was like, like so many things when you really think about it, it is not surprising. Yeah. But it's also mind blowing. It, it Yes. Yep. Like you're like, of course, how could they possibly produce this? Like, I think that all the time with food in general. I know people want to complain about how much food costs. Mm-hmm. Listen, when you go to a grocery store and you pick up a tomato and you really think about the fact that, like, somebody put a seed in the earth, watered it, watched it, made sure bunnies didn't get to it, Mm -hmm. like, Bunnies and bugs. Yeah, bugs, everything. Picked that little motherfucker, put it on some sort of transport, it got to the store, and then somebody sells it to you. Of course it's expensive. Yeah, how did that only cost 99 cents? Right. It, there, it's... It's insane to think about. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, people will complain about, like, um, farmer's market prices. Oh, um, no. yeah. It's like, but buying directly from the farmer, you cut out all those other things, and then they actually get to make a fair living yeah. off of it, which is just, like, yeah. it's revolutionary. Um, yeah. I was reading an article, and they were talking about how Bolivians, people who live in Bolivia, can no longer afford their staple grain, which is quinoa. Yeah. Absolutely. Because quinoa is so trendy and everyone eats yeah. it now, especially in the West, you know, in, in America. But they can't afford it anymore yeah. because its prices tripled since 2006. Yep. 
And that is such a shame to me because, like, that's their staple grain. That's what they live on. That's what their ancestors grew up eating. And yeah. we have completely co-opted it. And so we'll get into a little bit more of, like, the cultural kind of implications. I was going to say, but. I think that's also why it's really hard. Like, I think that I think that if you want to be a vegan and you can, you have the means and all those things that I think it's, a, like, a superb choice, mm-hmm. clearly. But that's also why it's really hard for me because, like, culturally – so many cultures, well, they don't maybe don't aren't meat based. They eat meat, and mm-hmm. it is a it is a part of their mm-hmm. culture. And so, like, I think it becomes almost like a gentrification issue where yes. it's like, yes. you know, suddenly because like white people say you're supposed to be vegan, then you just like give up your like cultural mm-hmm. heritage of food, and like that's not only shitty like to think that, but also it's just like. It's sad from the standpoint of, like, I would never want someone to tell me, no, you, like, totally can't ever have that thing that you had your whole life. Like, do you, you should feel like shit about that. So I totally want to talk about the gentrification of veganism because I yeah. just, for the first time, so gentrification is something that as someone who's worked in mm-hmm. the social sector, I've been very yes. um, cognizant of, especially in our community, um, in Columbus, where we live. But I recently heard gentrification used to describe a, like, non-neighborhood, a non-physical yeah. space, and I thought it was so interesting and I think that when we talk about the history of veganism which we maybe can um talk about a little bit now about how much that's been gentrified so you go to any of these sites if you search like what is veganism you go to any of these sites they'll talk about oh in in 1944 when this group was founded in America and yeah that's the heart of veganism the amount that's wrong with that and the amount that we've co-opted that is really interesting so Let's talk about that, but I think I kind of want to get to the bottom line of what we talked about with the cruelty-free stuff. Okay. Um, so m- my bottom line on the, the cr- cruelty-free stuff is that by saying your diet is cruelty-free, you're ignoring the thousands of exploited workers, the majority of whom are people of color living in poverty and include children. Um, not to mention, I found this really interesting when I was doing some research about this. The large-scale farming is done in a way that does not protect the habitats of mice, snakes, yeah. other wild animals, natural bugs that, like, okay, yeah. we all act like we hate bugs, but we need them in our ecosystem. 100%. So basically, like, no diet is cruelty-free. Nope. Um, I, I do think that by being vegan, you're making a good ethical choice. Sure. But really all we can do is do our best to reduce harm. Yeah. Um, and slapping a, a label like cruelty-free on it, I think, yeah. is... Um, Unfair. I think at the end of the day, at the end of your life, it's uh, it's about like your your net gain there, yep. and like for some people, choosing to not eat animal products is never going to be a choice. Mm-hmm. They're making other great choices in their life yep. or whatever, and so like we all have to accept that like everybody's living their own life. You just like let people make their choices, and you do the best for you. Like whatever the best 100%. is for you, hundred percent is is what is the best for you. Totally, totally agree. Yeah. Okay, so now we want to talk about the intersection of veganism and yes. and race. Yes. Or so, just intersectionality and veganism in general. Yes. So I had just mentioned that um, the, the history of veganism is interesting because a lot of times when you read about it, you see things like groups being formed in the 1940s. Sure. And that's when it was first recognized and seen. But what's super interesting is that veganism has been around for a long time. Long time. Like, way, way longer than any of us. Um, and definitely way longer than the 1940s. So where it, I can't say with any certainty where it exactly came from, but there are a lot, sure. a lot of evidence of things like um, the, the Rastas in the hills of Jamaica. Uh, they would eat what grew from the earth around them, and 
that's like yeah. they, they ate high vibrational foods and that was a plant-based vegan diet. Yep. Um, and so it's just very interesting to, to look back at the history and how much per usual um, yeah. white people have co-opted yep. what people of color and um, black and brown people created yep. um, and called it our own. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I know Hindus, mm-hmm. um, Buddhists, and I'm going to probably not pronounce this correctly, but people who participate in Jainism, J-A-I-N-I-S-M, hmm. these are all um, religions where, like, monks and people who are part of these religions will wear, like, masks over their face so they wouldn't even, like, mm. accidentally inhale, like, a bug. And oh, wow. Sometimes they don't eat foods that have microbes in them, so, like, no fermented foods and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, they take um, not harming other creatures very seriously they are the people who like in if you've ever seen in a movie where there'll be like a monk walking and there'll be someone that's like sweeping in front of them that is like so that they would never even like squash a bug wow they don't believe in walking on grass for that reason like they're they're real into it (laughs) like they're taking it to a whole other level so interesting what a paltrow can go Um, right so (laughs) i thought this was super interesting i was reading an article on the bbc and they said we all know the term let food be thy medicine um, supposedly from hippocrates known as the father of medicine but he was actually taught that on his travels to egypt where he gained that knowledge from physicians in egypt um the the true father of medicine is Imhotep, um, who was an ancient nice. Egyptian. Yeah, I, I loved, do like some history. I, I loved ancient Egypt when I was mm-hmm. a kid, and you know, middle school and high school. I was always fascinated by that, so I was so stoked when I found yeah. out that there was like vegan roots in ancient I Egypt. It. I was like, yes, everything's coming together for me now. That makes sense um, too because they worshipped animals. Yes, you know, the so. Cleopatra was buried with her cats and all yeah. that, which like to. For the record, I will be buried with my guests. So. <laughs> like, we're um, just going to take their ashes and toss them right in there with me. Don't at me. It's happening. <laughs> um, but no, so the, the, the true father of, of medicine was Imhotep. Um, so knowledge from ancient Egypt, then known as Kemet, traveled with his people from East Africa to West Africa and then to the Caribbean through the transatlantic slave trade, <sighs> which is so fascinating to me. So then it got me thinking about um, modern... African-American and, um, like slave descendant culture in America. And a lot of that is very meat heavy. It's very, um, you know, you you think soul food, you think heavy, um, you don't necessarily, I mean, I wouldn't think vegan when I think that, but what I learned in reading was that when they were brought over, um, as slaves through the transatlantic slave trade, slave trade, they were given just the scraps. They yeah, were given absolutely. what people didn't want. So um, they didn't. People didn't want ribs. People yep. didn't want bones of meat. Um, collard greens were in... too rough to eat and chew. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they were brilliant, smoked the meat to preserve it, yep. and then cooked the vegetables down for a long time with the smoked meat. Mm-hmm. So, like, you think collard greens now, which are, like, you know, cooked with smoked yeah. meat, low and slow, braised for a long time. Super, super delicious and delightful, but were were created because that was all they had and that was all they were given. But it's so fascinating to me how these people who were, you know, the, the, the fathers of, of medicine and who were really focused on plant-based and yep. high vibrational food were forced to make these decisions into not eating that way. You see that a lot in Judaism too. Mm, like, um, interesting. If you think about, at least here, a lot of times we think about like, like using a lot of these other parts of the animal and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. that's very tough to, I think a lot of like, white waspy Americans that seems like very Jewish or whatever interesting yeah and it's a lot of times just because like um when we're thinking about Jewish culture we're thinking about people who were immigrants and came here Mm -hmm. and they didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot you know what I mean like it's just a totally different um kind of 
kind of thing. And even like when we were in Amsterdam, um, there's a specific cut of meat and they called it, they called a Jewish steak. And it's because it's, I think it's because it's from the shoulder instead of from the butt, but it's like a, a cheaper, less expensive cut of steak uh-huh. or whatever. Interesting. But yeah, it's not, it's not necessarily because their culture is steeped in meat eating. It's because it's what, what they, they were yeah. able to afford. Yeah. So another article in the New York Times said, like many food trends that seem new, black veganism has historical roots. Because I was really interested um, a couple of years ago in learning about black veganism. Yeah. Because sure. you see a lot, a lot more of it now, but it's still really, really, um, a really small sector. And I think people are like, oh, right. Black vegan. Right. So (laughs) it says eating vegan has long, has been, has long been a practice, especially for followers of religious and spiritual movements like Rastafarianism, um, and the American Hebrew Israelites of just, um, of Jerusalem, a religious group with black nationalist underpinnings that rose up in the 1960s, and interestingly still runs a chain of vegan restaurants in cities like Atlanta, Tallahassee, and Tel Aviv. That's awesome. Isn't that so cool? I thought that was yeah. super interesting. Um, but I think, like, you, you circle back to today, and when you think vegan, you think people like Gwyneth Paltrow. Sure, yeah. Miley Cyrus. That, those Just are like when of, we think yoga. Yeah. Oh. You think white people. Oh. Like white people zero percent to do with yoga. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just super interesting because it's like, you know a lot of that has been appropriated and co-opted and gentrified yep. by the white man. Um, and so, so the history is just really, yeah, it's kind of fraught. And so I, I don't know that I have a solution to this, but I think one of the things that we as vegans um, need to think about is like, what can we do for the, for the communities and from the people that we Absolutely. co-opted this from? Yeah. How can we, how can we rectify that? Yep. Because we owe it to them to rectify it, yeah. to be 100% clear. Yep. And whether that's, you know, I, I don't know what yeah. the solution is there, but I just think it's something that um, we need to think about. Well, and I think on the other side of that too, it's why we need to not think that veganism is for everyone. Yes. If you're, if you're, um, you know, a, a black American and you want to eat all of the foods that you grew up with, yep. with, with, you know, your grandma making or your mom making, like, I certainly don't think that you need to not do that mm-hmm. any more than I think anyone should be telling me that, I shouldn't eat ho-hos, which were, like, very near and dear to me. <laughs> right, uh, right. Treat growing up, um, you know, or that I would never say that I'll not eat beef and noodles again because that was mm-hmm. my grandma made me my whole life. So I can totally sympathize I, with that. I think that that's also part of it is that, like, even going back to that, like, it's not up to us to make other people's food choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Well, so the, the other th- interesting intersection of race and veganism is availability. Um, 100%. And privilege. Yeah. So I think a lot of people who have, you know, jumped on board this vegan movement are people who have privilege, people who yeah. have the ability to shop. Um, and I, I'm going to say this real quick. I get so angry at those posts on Instagram or like videos that people post on YouTube where they're like, you can eat vegan on $30 mm-hmm. a week. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you totally can. You can eat vegan on whatever amount of money. Totally. But like it becomes such a deprivation thing and yep. like such like a you're sub it's you're like supposed to be proving something by mm-hmm. saying like, mm-hmm. well, even if you're on, you know, food assistance, even if you're on SNAP, you can eat vegan. Yeah. G- shut up. It's <laughs> like, frustrating because you, I, I wish people would be more intentional about that message and saying yeah. that like if you are a person who has well, and, and has the ability yeah. to do that, then I think by all means. So, so you know, I people ask me a lot, like, oh, when you went vegan, did your grocery bill, like, did your grocery bill change? Yeah. And to be honest, it didn't because 
I have access as a you know middle class person. Right. I have access to the fake cheeses and the fake meats Absolutely. and the the magos and all of that, which are more expensive typically mm-hmm. than like yeah. Heinz or whatever. Um, but on weeks when I like do good about like meal prep and we really sure. only buy like the stuff that we need, it is so much cheaper. Yeah. But only because we have the access to that. Absolutely, and you have the time. Like yep. that's another exactly. thing. Like they'll be like, yeah, if you buy nothing but dry beans and cans of tomatoes, and I'm like. Listen. Some people who have like a single mom with three kids does not have time to be soaking her beans overnight. Yeah, and I don't even have time for that. Yeah, (laughs) I mean I do like a dry bean, but yeah, I think it's it's more morality, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and it's being like, well, you there's never an excuse or whatever, and it's like people don't need an excuse. People can just make their choices. Well, and I think what's sad too is so there there are studies shown that like. Eating a plant-based whole foods diet mm-hmm. is one of the most healthy ways that you can eat. And I firmly believe that. But I also know that that's not accessible to anyone. Yeah. And that's the, the proof is in the pudding there where, according to the CDC, over 40% of black men have hypertension. And 44% of black women yeah. have hypertension because they're eating a diet where they don't have – because black people tend to be – in greater poverty yeah. than white people in this country because of systemic racism exactly and so they don't have the access absolutely to that you know so when we you know when we there's movies like um you know like what the health i was just these... gonna say is what the health the one that really focused on uh-huh how our food system is bad Broken. for people yep. of color yeah and I, I but i think a lot of them like like you know documentaries that are like oh the cruelty and oh it'll change sure. your life and it'll cure your diabetes and all of this and it's like maybe like maybe it will and i i do see those success stories and think that like it's 100% possible, but, like, not everyone has that yeah. availability, that access, whether it's they don't have the knowledge access, they don't have the financial access, they don't have the transportation access. And I think it comes down to, like, when we've talked before about um, intuitive eating and other things mm-hmm. like this, like, mm-hmm. placing a requirement of health onto someone else <sighs> is not fair. Yep. No one is required to be healthy per whatever you've decided is healthy. Exactly. Um, and it's really uh, non-inclusive mm-hmm. to feel that way. Well, and to assume that everyone is pursuing health. Absolutely. Because not everyone is. Yeah, some of us are pursuing a good time. <laughs> yes. You know, like that's... Yes, some of us I'm, are just here for a good time. I mean, like, I don't want to say that I joined the Church of Satan, but like, if all <laughs> they're doing is having a good time and it's not hurting anybody else... I don't know, you guys. You right. know, like I I joined the church of ethically produced chocolate in a second. Right. So Right. It's just it's very interesting to me this this overlap and how how um co-opted and skewed the whole vegan movement has mm-hmm. gone towards. I, I'm encouraged to see um vegan options coming into like fast food oh restaurants. Oh my god, yes. I love that because it gives people so for, for so long, people have not been able to make that decision, yeah. and it allows people to make that decision. So now, yeah. if you live somewhere, um, I know food desert is like a really trendy word, but if you live somewhere where there's you don't have good access to fresh foods, yeah. you don't have access to a grocery store, and fast food and fast casual yeah. and eating out is the only option, I love seeing that there are plant-based options there because it yeah. gives people, and not to say that like, oh, that's going to like, you know, help the, the yeah. diabetes or the um, heart disease rates, but it just gives people an option. And I think that's what it should be about is everyone yes. should have the option yep. to do what they want. Yeah. I love too that like uh, you see more and more vegan restaurants and like food trucks and stuff owned by people of color. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Willoughby Soul Veg. Love I them. I love them. Um, and the caterer we've used at uh, United Way a couple times. What's her name? 
Barry something, oh, B-E-R-R-Y is her last name. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. But she's a uh, black yeah. woman who does, like, vegan plant-based right. catering. Yeah. And it's amazing. And so I love seeing mm-hmm. more of that. And I think as a vegan community, we need to do more and more to support those kinds yeah. of businesses. Absolutely. The other thing about, you know, Willoughby's is that they, they're they're in a neighborhood that is yep. historically um, underprivileged and yep. underfunded. And people sure. people don't have as much access. And so I love seeing that they're in those communities and that they're giving back um one of the one of the great questions we got from instagram was um the conversation around vegan restaurants and gentrification yeah so putting a like high class vegetarian or vegan restaurant in a low-income neighborhood and how that supports gentrification and it 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 totally does and so that's why i really think we need more things that focus on you know accessible options familiar foods i think that's what willoughby's does such a great job of it's like it's chili and it's cornbread and it's stuff that everyone yes stuff that everyone loves to eat and that people in those neighborhoods are familiar with um and the prices are reasonable yeah extremely reasonable and i think we need more of that and less of the like you know as much as i want more vegan fine dining options like let's not put them in these neighborhoods where people cannot afford them and where Absolutely. all it's doing is raising rent prices and, you know, it's not accessible to that yeah. to that community. That's part of what I t- love, too. I mean, like, I guess this area is becoming more gentrified, but, like, I really love having, like, $2 radio yep. right down the street from us and mm-hmm. just some of those other things that, I mean, like, the Parsons Avenue corridor is gentrifying for sure i think that so there's like a south side initiative that's doing a for sure trying to be really yes. intentional about that absolutely but you get places so i i got mad love for commune the, yeah. the vegetarian place there but that's kind of what i'm talking about when we talk about like a high yeah high falutin high class yeah. very expensive place to eat in a in a you know the south side neighborhood mm-hmm. um what are, like my question would be like okay what are they doing for the community then and Absolutely. that's they might be and i don't know about it and yeah. if i'm i don't want to insinuate anything that's not true but i just think that like as vegans who are going into different neighborhoods that we maybe have not been in before is just be cognizant think and about ask the those ethics. questions yes ask those questions what are you doing for this community and as i'm going you know so if i'm going to the south side um, and I'm going there to like go to this fancier vegan restaurant. How can I be a good steward, and how can yeah. I not be disrespectful in those neighborhoods? Yep. Um, I just think that awareness is really important. One website that I want to call out that I discovered in doing research for this is BlackVeganSRock.com. Mm-hmm. It is just a full um, a full resource on Black vegans that are out there, the work that they do. It has all of their social media links. There's tons of great cookbooks. Yep. Um. So I I, I do love seeing that overlap in a positive way. Yeah. And I love seeing that movement and want to do everything I can to support that. So um, check out BlackVeganSRock.com. There are also if you're local to Columbus, um, there is a Columbus business community, Columbus Black business community. Yeah. That you can um look up and support. So like we, yep. <laughs> I love the hot dog restaurant on Parsons the, it's called Buns and Brews I haven't been there oh man so it's kind of like a new Dirty Franks sure but it's a it's a black owned business yeah um, and they offer veggie dogs did that you are see that incredible. Dirty Franks also changed to different veggie dogs they, that are being made locally they did you want to hear the scandal behind that oh no yeah go oh yeah oh, girls dish it <laughs> so I'm part of the Vegan Columbus Facebook group okay which <sighs> love y'all sure, but yeah. also like some yeah. y'all need to calm down but there was a, a huge uproar because the – so the guy who owns the company that makes the vegan dogs, yeah. it's not a vegan company. He okay. makes, like, sausages and stuff, but oh, also okay. makes vegan ones, which a lot of people have a problem with. Pros, cons, whatever. Yeah. We won't go there. But 
what the problem was, was that he would, like, post um, in that community, like, in the vegan Columbus community, promoting his vegan dogs, which I understand, and it's great, tells us all about it. But then people were going to his page, and he was making, like, racial and homophobic slurs. And so everyone in that group was like, hold on, um, and contacted Dirty Franks. That's so annoying. Um, Dirty Franks did the right thing and dropped him. And said, yeah. we won't. And so for a while, they didn't have an option. Or I think they were buying, like, something from the grocery yeah. store, you know, to, like, kind of fill the gap. Um, but I am super happy. I have not been back since um, to try their new locally made yeah. dog. But we'll we'll see. We'll yeah, see about that. Yeah, because, like, they used to have, like, like furky dogs. Or, oh, really? I liked I them. hated them really? so much. Um, yeah, I just, I felt... I, flavor-wise, whatever. Hot, I don't even... What is a hot dog even taste? I know. Who Someone knows? Salt. Me. To me, it tastes like... <laughs> When they were cold, and I'd eat them out of the container, standing in front of the fridge. Ew, no, you didn't. You never did that. No. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, yeah. I also ate things like Vienna sausages and potted meat growing up. Okay, but I feel like that's a normal thing. I feel like cold hot dogs is like. Oh man, yeah, cold hot dogs, raw potatoes. I love raw potatoes. That doesn't like mess with your digestion. No, I didn't know you weren't supposed to eat them. People are like they're poisonous when they're raw. I'm like. Shit. They I really can so be. So many of them. Especially if they're, like, green. Like, the skin's turning green and you oh. eat that shit when it's raw. I'd eat them when I was raw. Oh the whole God. time my mom would so eat potatoes every night for dinner. So mm-hmm. she'd so be chopping awesome. them, but I'd just, like, eat cube potatoes while I was waiting for dinner. I also used to, like, I, my brother and I used to crunch on uh, raw pasta. Like, uncooked pasta. Oh, so, I think that, yeah. You know. Um, anyways. Anyways, but. Um, so, so Buns and Brews is a, is a um, organization on, or a, a Wow, a restaurant. Yeah, um, on the south side in Parsons, in their their black one, but they have a veggie dog option. So I just yeah. think it's like I trying to go make. There now. It's so good. So they the dog that they use is I think it's Tofurky. Okay. Um, but it's like one of the flavorful ones. And it's yeah. not like meant to taste like a hot dog. Like it's meant to taste like a bratwurst. It's like a sausage. Yeah. Yes, and it is. I like those ones so much better. So the other day, like, so those ones are like a lot bigger. Yeah. And I ordered two. And they were so phenomenal that I ate both of them and was, like, so miserably miserably full. But they were delicious. Yeah. I got one that had just – I got the, like, the Chicago and the New York yeah. one. The Chicago one had relish and pickles mm-hmm. and um, the spicy pepper things. Yeah. Um, and then the New York one had um, sauerkraut and brown mustard. Oh, yeah. That's what Oh, that. they were both so amazing. So I love seeing that there yeah. – that those options exist. I really think we need to – do a better job For of supporting sure. them and building yeah. them up. And so um, where, wherever you can, if you're a vegan, I really encourage you to do your research and look for those kinds of those kinds of yes. organizations to support because it's really, really, really important. Yeah, I totally agree.